You're listening to Supervision with a Vision, where we discuss all things supervision. I'm your host, Sarah, professional counselor, marriage and family therapist, play therapist, eating disorder specialist, and cookie lover, with my co-host, Heather, marriage and family therapist, certified together in Texas counselor, a Texas transplant from California, and outdoor adventurer. Hi, welcome to Supervision with a Vision. Today, Heather and I are talking about why people love puzzles. This week, we read Curiosity Cubed, published in Psychology Today 2021. Heather, one of the first points from our article that we noticed was that curiosity is an important part of why people love puzzles and Mm -hmm. use puzzles. So I think when I think curiosity, I think of all the different kinds of puzzles there are, like Mm -hmm. different Do you like number puzzles? Do you like Rubik's Cubes? Do you like, you know, actual puzzles that you put together? Mm -hmm. But it is interesting to consider people like puzzles, not just specifically because they're curious, but because they're curious about that thing. So Mm -hmm. like someone that loves a number puzzle is very different personality wise from someone who may love like Mm -hmm. an actual like put it together puzzle Uh or a Lego puzzle or something like that. So curiosity itself, I think, draws us to like, I tend to be drawn to something like, can I be challenged? Can I figure it out? Am Mm -hmm. I, you know, you start looking at like those kind of differentiating between like, can I figure it out if you're challenging with a friend or whether like someone can learn a different kind of puzzle kind of shows something about how much time or effort they've put into it. Uh Hmm. That makes me wonder about clients that I've seen and the way we use puzzles or supervisees and how they're using puzzles. I think I think there's a personality characteristic within a counselor that enjoys puzzles. I think that's like it, probably true. And not number puzzles, right? Right. right. It's not numbers. <laughs> about people or about relationships that it feels like a puzzle. Well, I think about it. It's all, I mean, a lot of what I do, especially with couples, is figuring out the what went wrong and then the why. Like, mm-hmm. okay, so why was this not working? And that is mm-hmm. the puzzle in yeah. itself. I Anecdotally, even if I'm not using Gottman's model right for couples counseling mm-hmm. it's an example i use a lot when just maybe describing to a supervisee that's what his research is about mm-hmm. that he went hmm how could i possibly know which couples will stay together which ones won't and he spent all this time right putting in effort trying to figure that puzzle out right what about clients do you think you use puzzles with clients or do you have clients that maybe gravitate towards things like puzzles I think I do a lot of the younger crowd like not necessarily my more mature adults but like my younger crowd likes to do puzzles they might even bring them to me to do so oh. my teenagers come in with fidget toys and Rubik's cubes and different things like that mm-hmm. I think they're usually pretty proud to show them off when they've like figured it out or they can master it of some sort. Mm -hmm. But I think also they're great things to work through together. One of the things I like to use, and I can't remember what they're called right now, Cypher, I think is like what it is. Like you use it to like treasure hunt, different things are written in code. Oh, uh uh-huh. Don't they have one in Harry Potter? Oh, yes. And all those like, I think even Raiders of the Lost Ark, all those kind Uh of things have. Uh Anyway, so doing those with clients is sometimes really fun for when they want to tell you something, but they don't want to tell you something. Mm. They can write it in code. Mm-hmm. I've done a couple of social skills groups before where they can leave each other messages mm. with like fun. different. Yeah. Well, it makes me think the way you described fidget toys, I would not have thought of them as puzzles at first. As you were talking, I thought, does that count as a puzzle? But I 
think that it's a fun thing that engages our brains. Right. Even if it's not a really challenging or difficult thing, it's something that we can focus on, direct our energy towards for a little bit, and it's entertaining or fun. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes it fills in the other piece. I really, truly love the neuropsychology behind using all aspects of your brain. Mm -hmm. And sometimes your brain needs that recreation or that yeah. like fun yeah. piece kicked in. Right. So at least when we're being counselors or supervisors or supervisees, that's not exactly what we're doing with a puzzle. Right. We're, that right. Our puzzle, our, the puzzle that we're working to solve then is more intentional and solution driven. But if we're playing with a fidget, that's not that's really not, solution right. driven. But it is working a part of our brain, engaging us. In a different way. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about when I am maybe working on a puzzle in counseling as a counselor and it comes to you. Okay. you like, mm -hmm. why did I never think of it right. that way? Why is that? An aha moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can you think of any that you're like, oh, yes, that was, that's, or yes, that's the answer to that. Or that's what I should do. Or that's what, how that would be helpful. I think it happens to me occasionally, normally after session, like as I'm mm -hmm. processing. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, oh, it's not that. It's this. Like one of the clients I actually see right now has, is, has a lot of anger and frustrations built up against her brother. Her older brother was always in charge of her, was always kind of parentified. And she's very, very mad at the brother about all these things. When in reality, now that I know the whole story and got all the pieces put together, it's her mom she's mad at, but yeah. it's allowed, she's allowed to be mad at her brother. Right. She's not allowed right. to be mad at her mom. So, yeah. I think another way that I do this, that puzzles are a part of my counseling, one of my favorite things to do is come up with fun group activities, mm -hmm. fun, right. maybe one on one interventions, but I think it happens more often with group activities, that, especially someone I'm supervising or someone that works for me and they go, well, I just feel I'm like I'm stuck with my mm -hmm. groups lately or my groups just haven't been that dynamic lately. And I'm like, oh, the, let, yeah, try this let, one. Yeah. yeah, let's think up something together. What's the group? What's mm -hmm. the group focus? Who's going to be what kind of people do right. you have and coming up with a new intervention and mm -hmm. just those really do kind of spur our creativity, which also lets us be even more creative about how we solve the mm -hmm. global puzzle for mm -hmm. that client mm -hmm. or that group. Another great benefit of puzzles is concentration. Yes. So I don't know. I think the way I ha use puzzles on my own, on my free time, engages a lot of concentration. Yeah. That is fun to me. Right. I think we actually just did a very hard puzzle at my house. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a great way when, when there's a puzzle out, and granted we did bunches over COVID, but right now it's just out for fun. It's so interesting to see when someone gets like, I call it like the puzzle got you, didn't it? Like uh -huh. they get zoned into it and it's always like a good like distraction. It's almost like a reset. Like uh -huh. they couldn't go outside and play because it was 110, but they got into the puzzle for 20 minutes and now they kind of did get that reset they needed to like see the rest of the day. Mm -hmm. through. Mm -hmm. So, and that's me included, not just my kids. Yeah. <laughs> can you think, uh, when does that happen with clients, supervisees? I can think with clients that happens that, oh, not even that long ago, I saw a kid, man, just. Very reasonably, it was a long, hard day at school. Mm -hmm. The things that they had to do that day were just, right. they were worn out. I could tell on their face when they walked in, mm -hmm. their eyes looked tired. They looked worn out and they didn't want to do anything. Flopped on a beanbag. Just, right. They did not like they look like they want to do anything. And we got working on a craft 
that really took a lot of concentration. And for this kid was a puzzle. It was so they were trying. They really, really, really wanted to learn how not just to finger knit because okay. they've mastered finger mm -hmm. knitting, which is a puzzle. Right. But they wanted to move on from that and do real knitting. Okay. And that's a real right. challenge, a real right. puzzle. And this kid that was so worn out and tired was so re-energized. Absolutely. By sitting and trying to work on learning to knit for a while. And when they did, they started talking and telling me all these things. But before that, they were drained. Right. And couldn't do that. So I... and. That really helped my client that day. It's a very good reset mm -hmm. for the brain. I think, you know, talking about coming up with group activities and that the concentration that that takes, I think I see some supervisees that get excited by doing that, but not all of mine do. I really get excited and, and they're like, uh, Sarah gave me a good idea. Right. I think that that sometimes comes from experience, though, mm -hmm. because I get excited about planning different ideas for groups or different ideas for clients. And Sometimes I have to remind myself to hold back and not give my supervisees the answers. <laughs> but I think that comes from experience because you only want to talk about anger in doing one intervention so many times because, quite frankly, you'll get bored. <laughs> and then you're not engaged with oh, it. Opposite, just like the yeah. opposite happens. Yeah. So when maybe ours or a supervisee's groups just start to fall flat or mm -hmm. feel not as impactful. Right. They feel like they're dragging might actually be a sign to them that they're not as engaged in the right or they've become bored with the topic or the activity that they're providing. Right. OK, Heather, last puzzles allow people to play. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about how we enjoy and play with puzzles. Mm -hmm. And I think you're right that I'm not a big numbers person. Right. And so the way that I do puzzles do isn't usually involve a lot of numbers, mm -hmm. but I remember when I was pretty little, maybe kindergarten or younger, my favorite game was memory. Mm -hmm. I could play memory right. endlessly to the point that I remember my parents would say, okay, I'll play with you one more time, but then you have to go play by yourself mm -hmm. two times. Before we come back. Before you come back and ask again mm -hmm. to play. Because I just, I could do it over and over and over and over and over and the whole time be excited right. <laughs> to play. Or is it third or fourth grade in school where you do a lot of analogies? Uh, third grade, they start learning. I loved analogy that, you know, whatever the little, put it on the board, the the starter for the day. Mm -hmm. I was always excited to do the word analogy or the. To put it all yeah. together to make up the creativity. Yeah. 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 What about you? I have always liked a challenge or like the game Clue. Mm -hmm. When I was little, I loved that game. It's gotten a little off in the newer editions, but. Always loved a mystery, and I think that a lot of times in play, like making scavenger hunts and treasure hunts, like that is a theme that is in our family. And I never until we actually started talking about it, I was like, oh, no wonder, because I like it, because yeah. <laughs> I want to set it up. Yeah. But I think that's a great way to get different personality types engaged in doing something. Mm -hmm. Just to, to, if you have enough people you're trying to like make sure they all get linked in. But I think another piece of like play, like I said, in our house, we've had this 500 piece puzzle put out on the table. I guess it was there a week. And every single person in my house has part of it, has contributed Gotten to part it of it in different ways for different reasons. And one of my sons is very good at looking at the shape of the puzzle piece mm -hmm. and just picking it up and plopping it in. Mm -hmm. And another son is very, that's not how he thinks about puzzles. He's very great about like looking at the color pieces that are on each shape and putting them with the other colors first and then putting them together. It's very unique to watch, but it does, everyone has a great time. Mm -hmm. Like everyone is playful about it. Everyone is 
like, hey, mom, did you see the puzzle? Have you looked at it today? Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's been a great thing. The saddest part was we got it all done and we're missing one piece. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love a good puzzle, but no one wants to do puzzles with me because I get really focused and then competitive. Oh, you can't stop like once you're in your. <laughs> well, so I do. I I can remember maybe as a teenager that one of my brothers would do a puzzle with me. But when if I'm doing a puzzle with someone and I get a piece, I go, hmm, I'm winning every time so then the person who's doing it with me doesn't want to do it because what They're like no and i want to yeah i'm pretty good at puzzles so i get a lot of pieces right and they're like oh, stop mm-hmm. i won i'm right. winning right so yeah i like puzzles too can you think of a way that you use puzzles that i think we've already thought of lots of ways that aren't strictly puzzles mm-hmm. that maybe something that like you described a scavenger hunt, something that you create in your life as a puzzle or you turn into a puzzle kind of activity? Maybe. We do a lot of outdoorsy things in my family. So I mm-hmm. think sometimes it's about like discovering something new, even at places we've been before. Mm-hmm. But like letting the kids lead the hike instead of yeah, us. Or letting, yeah. like just letting them kind of explore. And it's not quite a puzzle, but there's been a few trails we've been on lately that during, I guess, COVID some of the state parks have like upped their game and they've started putting out like signs, like nature trail signs that are like, this is poison ivy. This is, you know, like labeling different things. And so I think that's been a little bit of fun, not necessarily a puzzle, but my kids, especially my two younger ones, get very competitive about like who saw the most kind of wildlife or like who saw the deer first or, who you know, those kind of things. They keep tally, they keep scored for whatever (laughs) the weekend is. Sometimes we award really crazy points just to make it fair. Yeah. You get 500 points for. Right. <laughs> this is a grown up puzzle that I've created for myself. Maybe four or five years ago, I started this game with myself. Mm-hmm. No one else was involved. Okay. I just did it by myself. That I decided I was going to figure out how to use all the condiments and spices that I had. Yes. That is a and great I would puzzle. Come up with, find new recipes. Right. Come up, and you couldn't cheat, mm-hmm. even though I was the only one playing. Right. You couldn't cheat by overusing or you know like not Mm -hmm. like just wasting you couldn't do that and if you have to go out and buy like 10 new things in order to use up one spot Mm -hmm. then it doesn't really count right because you're defeating the purpose i had fun i I got a lot of new recipes that i tried out and i did use up a lot of this i actually got to the point where i used all of the condiments in the refrigerator every one of them oh well and then I realized that was a mistake. Because now you need these condiments. Right. I had no. Right. Right. So I needed things like soy sauce. Right. Or, things they right, normally have. Garlic mm-hmm. or something. And I went, oh, bad plan. Mm-hmm. But it was really fun and entertaining while I was doing it. That was really cool. So it sounds to me like we're saying in a creative way, puzzles are playing. Right. I mean, so in any every, type of playing that yeah, we do. Most types of playing. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks today for listening to Supervision with a Vision. You've been listening to Supervision with a Vision. Head on over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Be sure to check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Therapy Academy to join the conversation and get show notes. We'll be back next week with more Supervision with a Vision.